A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Rail passengers on commuter routes into London could face hefty fare increases in the new year, forecast to add hundreds of pounds to some season tickets. It comes amid growing passenger criticism of services often hobbled by strikes, delays, cancellations and timetable cutbacks, even while inflation is falling. Yearly ticket price rises are normally closely linked to retail price index inflation, as measured the previous July, but last year, as inflation soared, Minister has ditched the RPI formula to avoid a massive 12.3% increase. Instead, they pegged that increase for this year's fair rise to average earnings growth and came up with a ticket hike figure of 5.9%, delayed from January until March. At the time, the government insisted the new method of calculation was for this year only, but now faces a similar dilemma, with RPI in June at 10.7%, which has since fallen slightly. So what have London's hard-pressed commuters previously said about the ever-increasing fares they're paying? It's going to be cheaper for me to drive which then defeats the object of like, trying to cut down pollution. The trains are half empty during the day and very, very overpacked um, during commuting hours. I'm sort of tempted to take the National Express a little bit more because that seems to be a little bit more competitive with the price. The Department for Transport says ministers seek to strike a balance between supporting mainline passengers and keeping our railways running. However, so they're still weighing up how to levy the fare hikes find out more, the Leader podcast is joined by Christian Walmar, a transport journalist who presents the Calling All Stations podcast and has written an analysis on the subject for Thursday's Evening Standard. Christian, what do we know so far? Well, essentially, this is the time of the year when rail passengers will find out the basis on which their fares will go up. And that's the July inflation figures. Now, normally, over the past few years, they've just gone up by the July RPI figure and they go up in January. But this time, one has to ask whether the government will dare to push through what is likely to be a 7 or 8% increase because uh, it's an election year. There's been already all this fuss about the booking offices on the railways and 
you know, do, does the government really want to provoke yet more kind of anger amongst quite a significant uh, portion of voters? Uh, last year, of course, uh, they went up by around 6%, but inflation was 12%. So the government sort of compromised and uh, sort of cut it in half. It's very interesting to know what they'll do this time. And when will passengers find out? We'll find out the figures, obviously, when the inflation figures come out almost immediately. But then it's up to a political decision. So we won't find out what the fares rises will be, uh, I suspect, until the autumn or maybe even as as late as November, December, because uh, it's a bit of a political hot potato. And there is quite a lot of anger amongst rail travellers about the poor performance of the railways, about last year's increase, about all the cancellations you get and so on and all the strikes obviously and it's difficult to think that the government won't take some of that into account and not push it up by the expected figure of seven or eight percent what's the performance of rail operators been like this year no uh, it's been a a very poor year the number of trains uh, cancelled has been almost at a record high and of course we've had disruptions due to uh, industrial disputes and even when we haven't had industrial uh, disputes it's been a a pretty poor performance all the way around too many people were let go during covid they sort of lost the ability to manage the railway properly and it's taken a long time to recover. But actually, what is interesting is that passenger numbers have almost reached pre-COVID levels. And that's been something of a surprise amongst industry watchers like me who thought that it would take much longer for that recovery to take place. So uh, that adds to the kind of problems for passengers in that trains are quite crowded again. So they're crowded, they're paying extra fares, there's threat that all the booking offices or a lot of them uh, are going to be closed, there's poor performance, there's a risk of trains being cancelled. So all in all, rail passengers who, you know, not everybody's a rail passenger, but they represent a significant group of um, relatively affluent voters, often the type of voters who might well go for the Conservatives. And so uh, alienating them even further is uh, something that maybe the government won't quite dare to do. But don't hold your breath. I mean, it might well be that the government decides, well, you know, the the railways have been subsidised enough, we're going to uh, zap these increases on come what may. And what do we know about what this extra revenue is being spent on? It will just go towards the subsidy. Railways are subsidised by about four or five billion pounds a year. Now, most of that goes on the maintenance and uh, operation of the the track, sorting uh, things out, some investment in refurbishing stations and the like. But by and large, uh, the large proportion of it goes on uh, the staff, both uh, the maintenance staff and uh, the operational staff, the people at the ticket barriers or, or whatever. So that's a problem with the railways is that the costs are very fixed. It's quite difficult to save money. And that's why they're trying to close these booking offices. Do you think it will save a lot of money? It's doubtful whether they'll actually save very much money because there'll be more fares evasion. There'll be more people who are unable to buy a, a, a ticket. And also there'll be 
and fewer staff to help people get on the railways. So it's an industry that has always had a high level of costs. So essentially, the more users you get, the less subsidy you need to pay because you're getting in more revenue from the tickets. So that's a, a key point, actually, is whether these fares will bring in more revenue uh, or whether actually people will think, oh, the railways are just too expensive, but we'll use another means of transport. So just raising the fares doesn't necessarily raise the amount of revenue by that amount. Let's go to the ads coming up. London's priciest commuter routes. And could a Labour win mean a reprise of British Rail? Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back. Christian, what are the premium-priced routes into London where commuters really pay through the nose? Well, the main one that is, as you put it, premium-priced is the ones in from Kent that use the, the high-speed line where people are paying extra to uh, use that high-speed line to get whisked into London from places like uh, Margate and Ramsgate, Dover, Folkestone and the like. Those services are, I deem, premium service. Already people are paying a high rate. But of course, if you increase fares by a percentage amount, they will uh, bear an even higher rise in, in uh, monetary terms. So again, that's something that you know, the government might want to look at because you know, those fares are particularly high. Seeing as there's a general election on the horizon, what do we know about Labour's plans for the rail network? Labour want to, to renationalise the railways. What does that mean? Well, it basically means they would take control of the train operators. At the moment, the train operations are run by private companies on a contract from the Department for uh, Transport. And Labour would like to bring that together with uh, Network Rail, which provides the uh, infrastructure and runs the, and, and, uh, the stations and whatever. But uh, that might well lead to quite some savings. And that's what Labour are arguing, that by bringing the two together, they would 
get rid of this very complicated structure that was created, you know, a quarter of a century ago at privatization and uh, save quite a lot of money. Now, whether that is feasible or not remains to be seen. But my view is that that is certainly a good idea that railways are much better run as kind of an integrated operation with uh, both the the track and uh, the train services all under the same uh, management structure might save quite a lot of money. Do you think this will mean a return to British Rail and all those delays and cancellations? No, that's not true. I wrote a book called uh, British Rail, A New History, where I showed very uh, powerfully that British Rail was an effective, efficient organisation. People uh, are misled into thinking it was inefficient. One only has to think of brand names like Intercity and Network Southeast and uh, uh, the like, which were successful brands, brought people back into the railways and uh, run, it at, run it at much lower costs than it's been run at the moment. And looking forward, are there any commuter ticket bargains at all to be had? Yes, there are t- uh, ticket bargains. If you book in advance and, and uh, go online, don't bother going online through the private companies like Trainline. Go directly to the, the company that's providing the train you're going on and you're likely to get the best deal. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. We're back on Friday at 4pm.